Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, we have a special show for you lined up, and we want to thank everyone for stopping in. And we also want to let you know how to get plugged in with us. You can go to thehousinghour.com and find all of our shows, our past shows. Uh, we'd love for you to share those with friends and family. Um, we're also on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash thehousinghour, um, Twitter at thehousinghour, and Mark is at iminpinterest.com, I think is what you're I'm the pro. <laughs> He's the pro. And last week, for those of you who are interested, we had a great show with Jack Feldman. We'd love for you to go back and view that and listen to it. Um, because as you know, we have changed our um, format of our show. We're not just going um, as far as the radio. We're also doing live video and also a post-producted video that I do, um, which will have all of our guests in it as well. So for those of you who are on Facebook Live with me, um, it looks like we have about 700 or more people right now. Um, we are going to produce the show, and our guests will then be on that uh, video that you hear later. So Today, we're very excited to have in with us on the phone Dr. Roderick Jackson. Um, he is from ORNL. Um, he's the group le leader over at ORNL, and he does really some amazing things. Um, the building envelope system research and project lead. Um, and I think that we've had him on, what, four times? I think three times before. This is So this is four? Energy system. The energy um, aspect of when we were going through, um, you know, our energy series, he was invaluable when he discussed what they were doing in Oak Ridge and how they were building these homes to be more energy efficient. And then he came on and talked about the smart home and just a variety of topics. We'd love for you to search past shows. Maybe we could put links from his other shows. I will put links. Matter of fact, I might group him because uh, we have a series with yeah, him now. Yeah, that's true. So we can do a Dr. Roderick Jackson series. That would be cool. Um, but today, we're going to talk about a lot of things. But today, Mark, you found out about this three this 3D printing project. Why right. don't you talk about that a moment and then bring Dr. Jackson in? Well, actually, what I did, uh, Dr. Jackson, is uh, went to the Facebook page, and I've liked ornls.gov, their Facebook site. Mm -hmm. And so they populate my feed when anytime that they make a post. And I saw this 3D printing of a home populate on mine, and, it, and his name, Dr. Roderick Jackson, I said, hey, I know that guy. Right. So I immediately <laughs> read the article, shot him an email, and he said, hey, yeah, I'll be happy to. So uh, that's, that's awesome. how we did. It, so. Well, Dr. Oh, yeah. Jackson, tell us, I mean, 3D printing has been around for a long time, actually. Some people may not know that, but you've been, been able to figure out, I suppose, with your team of experts, um, how you might be able to use this 3D printing for other things. For instance, this is building a home with it. Can you talk a little bit about this? Yes. Uh, so, and, and just first, thanks again for the opportunity to join your show. This is always uh, a fun time for me to be able to talk to you guys. So I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. So, Absolutely. and especially to talk about things that I'm passionate and excited about. You know, so this is um, so this is great. So just to start off, I guess kind of the why, right? Everyone, when we talk about this 3D print, they, you know, people always look and say, "Well, you did what?" <laughs> and then after they say, "We did what?" They actually did. Then why did you do that? 
So, so yeah, so I'll answer those two questions, the what and the why. What is, we actually 3D printed a building, uh, a house, you know, where it's a house. So you could, and not just a miniature or a small model scale, but this is about the size of a single-wide mobile home because we did it in partnership with many partners, some of those including Clayton Homes right here in, in the Knoxville area. So we were able to assemble it at their facility on, and but we 3D printed and the question is, so why did and we 3D printed a building and we 3D printed a vehicle, and the 3D printed vehicle has the capability to power the house. And because the house has renewable power on it, it can actually power the vehicle because it's an electric vehicle with batteries. So you now have this, this, this relationship, this sharing relationship of power between a 3D printed building and a 3D printed car. So that, and it does it wireless. It has the capability of, of sharing power in a wireless, um, bi-directional wireless manner. So that's kind of the what. So the why, um, kind of many whys, but it starts kind of with you know the, you know I was brought into the principal's office per se here at the lab, and um, you say you know as a lab how do what do we what can we do to really challenge how things are being done today? What's really you know not just try to make things a little bit better than they are? How can we really set the stage for transform transformational um, change? And when you look at buildings, you know I have the the fortune of my dad. He built houses, and my dad had 10 brothers, and all 11 of those boys built houses. And so I grew up in the housing industry. But there's one thing about the housing industry is that we build houses basically the same way we built them for centuries. Um, we still build buildings with sticks and boards and blocks. And so, you know, we think about it. You take a step back and you can ask, has there any industry that has changed as little as the housing industry over the centuries? And if we're honest with ourselves, we probably – have to say there's probably no other industry has changed as little and so that was kind of the premise and so we said well we got these new tools we got the world's largest 3d printer and you know it's it's a you know it's a way to do things differently it's a way to look at the the problem space because now you're not limited by the materials you're not limited by sticks and blocks of straight walls and straight corners you actually can whatever you can literally draw on a computer screen you can print and so now the the space or the, the the architect is free to be a a creative you know genius that they are the builder and the manufacturer all all of the constraints are removed. So what we did was we said let's let's do it. Let's actually 3D print a building that that just goes all out to show the possible to show what's possible if we were to do things differently in buildings. So that's kind of I guess the what and the why and you know get into more detail. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question because there are obviously big strides being made in technology and you mentioned housing might be one of those that are lagging and I totally agree with that. Um, and certainly there's big room for improvement. Um, and I think that what the question that most people might be thinking is, you know, why is this not spreading like wildfire, I guess? And I think I can answer the question on one side, but I also understand like the pictures that I see. And for those of you who are just tuning in, we have Dr. Roderick Jackson with us from ORNL, uh, an amazing mind, um, really helping us to understand technology and all of those things in between. But one of the, the questions that people might be asking is, you know, why is this not spreading like wildfire? Um, but then also, what can we expect going forward, how this can come out to the marketplace. Now, now certainly, 
and, and you know, th- th- we are trying to be very transparent here and honest. People are probably not going to be putting these type of homes in your regular neighborhoods. However, I can see there being um, little communities of these types of homes. But in, I know this is kind of the model that you chose, and I think it's incredibly cool looking, actually. I love the way it looks. Um, it's, it's, it's open air, sort of, or as far as being able to see out all around 360 degrees. It has the, um, I suppose, the solar panels maybe on top. And, and it's roomy, it's functional, and the pictures that I see has a very modern-looking little kitchen area with a computer that pops up. I mean, you know, this is really awesome. And, you know, we, we've had other guests talk about the small homes and things like that. But So the question, let me, let me back up a moment. Why isn't this spreading like wildfire? And maybe it will. And then what do you see community-wise how this might be put into practical application? Okay, wow, that's a great question. I think the first question is, you know, 3D printing, there's been some work in China and, and other places mm-hmm. where, it, it, it's, where, it, it's, it's, uh, where they're using concrete, more cementitious, like concrete-based materials, but it really doesn't capture the imagination to make you say, wow, that's exciting, right? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, to really get that, you got to do something that really captures your imagination that, 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 makes, that takes you from, the, you know, thinking about it to actually feeling it filling it. So that, that's one of the reasons, I think. And then second, you know, if I wanted to design a building, if I'm an architect or a designer and I want to design a building using traditional materials, I can go to the internet or I can go to a book and look up the structural properties or I can look at exactly what type of stresses or what kind of loads can each of these uh, materials use. That doesn't exist because it hasn't been done before. Mm. And so now the question is, how do you design a 3D printed building? Well, how do you even know how to design that? How do you know the material properties? So the quest, the point is, someone has to be first, right? And so I think that's one of the things. Who's going to be first to take this huge risk? Because the, what you know, there's a lot of science still left to be done about what is the right material. The material we chose for this application mm-hmm. is not going to be the material that we use going forward. It was just the material that we used to be able to demonstrate the possible, to demonstrate this could be done, to grab the imagination, to say yes. This is something that, okay, now we can get these other smart people in the world to look at and say, well, what if we use a bio-based material? What if we could actually, in some village in Africa, be able to have a material that uses the bio, the, 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 the natural uh, materials around to be able to print a, a, a community? So these are the what-if questions mm-hmm. that you have to start with something to ask. Hey. And, you know, so go ahead, yes, go ahead. Well, Dr. Jackson, on this pr- particular project, are, are you 3D printing the shell of the home and then you have an electrician come in to do the wiring and a plumber to do the plumbing and that type of thing, or are you 3D printing everything? So we're so in this particular case, because I, I there's a point I want to double-click on later, but in this particular case, we're actually having the, you know, subsequent electrician come in and plumber come in, um, um, because it is more of a demonstration project to show what's possible. But one of the things that we do want to illustrate is that this type of approach allows you to integrate more functions into the wall. So you could, you know, integrate the plumbing and the HVAC into the building structure so that it could be printed. So you can eliminate, uh, I like to call it some of these complicated trade relationships that occur in the field, right? You have a framer, then comes an insulation guy, then comes an interior guy, then an exterior guy. And they all meet at the building shell, right? And it's a very complicated relationship because each one's activity can compromise the performance of the previous. 
But in 3D printing, now you kind of have this design that kind of minimizes that complicated relationship so that it's done in a more symbiotic manner. So that's the kind of the vision of how things could go. But one of the things I want to kind of nail on is that we did this. We went from start to finish, from literally the back of a receipt. Um, at, we had a Pete's Coffee receipt um, in the back of that receipt to a finished project in less than nine months. Wow. So there was a lot of things left on the table that could be done, but really what we wanted to do was, in a short period of time, bring together multiple teams, over 50 people from across the lab, more than 20 industry partners to do something that really says this is what could be done. Because the point is, we believe that the vast, vast majority of the smart people in the world don't work at Oak Ridge National Lab. Mm -hmm. They work other places, and if we can get them to see what's possible, then they can kind of move on this and take it forward. Well, we um, are running out of time in this first segment, but I think that's a good place to stop and then continue this conversation with Dr. Jackson. I think that what I'd like to touch on, too, is what the kind of the future looks like with this, because I think that there's going to be a huge influx of ideas as a result of you capturing the imagination, because that was really what I think the genesis of any good project, you sort of mentioned that, is that we want to capture the imagination, we want to have an open source forum, because that's how America has become great, is that we've been able to open up the discussion and, and figure out, okay, we've got a lot of minds that are in America that are brilliant and across the world, frankly, and if we can get everybody pulling in the same direction and pulling the weight that they have, the knowledge that they have within themselves, anything is possible to steal Haller and Hilton Hill's uh, words. So we're going to continue this conversation right after these messages. We'll be right back. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour, and we are talking about the ring of fire that Dr. Jackson has stirred up over there in Oak Ridge, and I think it's a good ring of fire. I think it has a blue flame. It's so hot. Um, this project has really captured my imagination, and I'm sure many others. Um, and one thing I'm sure that people try to figure out is, you know, what do they do over there at ORNL? You know, it's a, a lot. And, and, and the answer is more than you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And you know, having the world's largest 3D printer at their disposal. I mean, the minds, the the knowledge that they possess, Dr. Simpson that we've had, mm -hmm. Dr. Jackson, and many others. Um, and I even know another individual, Dr. Jerry Tuscan, uh, Gerald Tuscan. I don't know if you know who he is, Dr. Jackson, but, you know, he's, he is studying and working on botanical research. I mean, they do everything, you know. That could um, go hand in hand with this. It, it, it absolutely could. And, and matter of fact, before we move on to another topic, do you guys actually partner with other departments to see how you can bring things that they're working on into this project or other projects and vice versa? So, yes, and that was, that's what made this project, this, we call it AMI, Additive Manufacturing Integrated Energy. That's what made it so exciting. We actually took, within nine months, we took five different research organizations. So we pulled together people from advanced manufacturing, people from vehicle technologies, 
people from the um, building space, people from the power system, and then people from power electronics, all different areas working on their different things, but we brought them together to pull together an integrated piece that really wouldn't have, wouldn't have been something any organiza- organization could do alone, but because we leveraged the strength of the lab to pull these people together, it really made it what it is today. And Dr. Jackson, I have a question. Going back to the 3D printing of this, and, and you did the uh, this particular unit, but in the future you have integrated wall structures like plumbing and wiring within the, the 3D printing unit. How do, how do you handle the material variations? Because in wiring you have copper, you have plastic coatings around the copper, and you have plumbing, you have different types of pipes and those types of things. There's so many materials that go into a home. How do you handle that? So I think that's where the, you know, so here's the answer, and I'm going to preface my answer and say I've become very comfortable with three words, I don't know. (laughs) And and, and I've become very comfortable with those words because if I knew the answer, it wouldn't be exciting research, right? Right. If I knew it, it would be like, okay, well, it's boring, let's just do it. But the fact is, I don't know, and that's where some of the great opportunities lie because I consider this project, I consider it great, but I consider it the bag phone. You know, whereas no one can even remember what that bag phone of the 90s and 80s looked like today. But if it wouldn't have been for that bag phone, we probably wouldn't have the iPhone. So I consider this as that first ripple that will be able to get other people, okay, now what kind of materials could we use? Can we do some cold um, material, some, some hybrid materials that allow us to do different type of properties and tune the materials such that we get different properties at different places? as we needed. So that's where the research is. This was more of a let's prove it's possible so everyone else can then innovate around it. So yeah, the question is how do we do that? How do we integrate these different uh, functions? So for example, we have the wall structure in Amy. Um, is has It's about a two inch total, the, the thickness, total thickness of the wall is two inches. Compare that to your average home is about maybe six or eight inches. And the wall cavity is only one inch thick. So you're able to do, you know, you're able to do a lot more when you when you have new opportunities in how you design your wall. And so, just getting people to see that and to leverage on, innovate on top of that is what we see as possible. Yeah. We use a vacuum panel insulation that a lower cost approach to vacuum insulation that is about R36. You compare that to your itchy stuff or your fluffy stuff that usually about R3.5 or R4 per inch. So that's kind of the you know, the opportunities that we see that we hope people will kind of be inspired on to take this forward. Yeah, I think that the the point, too, that you made in the first segment about um, the materials like China using more concrete or using different materials, you guys picking something and that whole bag phone kind of uh, approach that you have to start somewhere. And by the way, Mark is still not at the iPhone. He's still at, between the bag phone and the iPhone. He's got this this Android device. It works for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I should, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be specific. I shouldn't be a walking advertisement. For no, me. that's okay. But but, but I, get, I get your point. I mean, we're all through this evolution, um, and some are farther along on an evolutionary scale than others. But, um, you know, the one thing I had, too, when, I, my, when my imagination started kicking in, of course, I'm thinking to myself, could you not use this same approach and build, you know, thinking big, I'm, I'm thinking big here, but a multifamily unit um, that would have multiple families and have a different design concept for each. I mean, there's not, I mean, the sky's the limit. Is that not kind of what you're saying? 
Yeah, that's exactly, because like when I say, you know, this is a starting point, one of the things that we did, we leveraged, you know, I mentioned the groups at the lab, but we also worked with this, with the um, the, the uh, school of, of, the College of Architecture at the um, University of Tennessee, and because one of the things that, because they're looking at, they actually have a design studio um, that's leveraging this activity to say, well, what's next? How do we use this type of printing to design new structures, to design new multifamily buildings? So they're actually doing that in some of their design studios. So they're educating a whole new generation of scientists, I mean architects, that can rethink how they look at how buildings are designed. So that's one of the, you know, going forward and thinking big is that we are leveraging the intellect of not only the lab of the region and then even of the world with some of the other partners we have. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they're thinking that big. And one of the things I saw on Facebook was um, a feed that came in about CNN reported this, that they're, they're now in this planning stages of building a hotel on the moon. So I can see applications of using this 3D printer, just taking a 3D printer up there and just printing you out. I some think Disney, Disney's in partnership for a, uh, some sort of Disney resort They're talking about it. It's talking about it. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, you would imagine it's much, you know, to, to I, I, it would be much easier to print your buildings on the moon than it would be to, to, to transport. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Transport. So, wow. That, you guys really got my. I was staying on Earth, and Mark no, went ahead out into the outer this limits. This is space age stuff. Man. That's true. Um, we'll get an iPhone first, and then we can start talking well, about that's, it. No, that's as far as I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but the other thing too. Well, I guess this is a simple part of this whole process. Is you know when you look at these structures that you guys built, um, and you see how it's formed. And obviously, it wasn't something that just printed in one piece. I mean, that, you know, obviously. Um, but as technology and as you guys can figure out what's the best way to attach and to fasten and to create, I mean, this is going to grow. I mean, you have a, a kind of a diagram on the website that I'm looking at right now that almost somebody who had a 3D printer could actually just go out and do. So you guys are not like hiding the technology or trying to keep it to yourself. You're doing almost the exact opposite. You're trying to get the information out there for, for more people to um, push the envelope. Exactly. This is the 21st century, and, it, you know, it, it's, I think this is the age of, of, of open collaboration, right? And the days of, of one guy in his garage coming up with just the next generation technology is probably past that. We're in an age where it's more collaborative, where, where more people are talking. You know, for example, this project, we use the same firm. So you talk about the complex organic structures in the building. Mm -hmm. The um, same firm that designed the Burj Khalifa, the world's tallest building in the world, the, wor the tallest building in the world, that same organization actually designed, gave us the design of Amy, or worked with us on the design of Amy, worked hand-in-hand -hand on how we printed it and how we designed it. So we brought together the best. And then you think about who else is, is um, who's the best or one of the world's leaders or the, the leader in the country in assembling or putting buildings or making buildings is Clayton Holmes. So we're mm -hmm. bringing together, you know, the best. You know, we don't we're not naive or or we're not naive enough to believe we have we can do it all. Yeah. Well, and we I think that's where people fail is, but you got to leverage the strengths of people all over the world. Yeah, and we're running out of time again in this segment, and we have another segment with Dr. Jackson in a moment. Um, and Clayton, we went up. Uh, Mark and I uh, toured the manufacturing facility of Clayton. I guess up in Kingston. 
Kingsport yeah, area. That's right. Um, and it was really a, a really outstanding opportunity. And unfortunately, Doc, uh, Dean uh, passed yeah, away. Dean Sables. Uh, yeah, definitely prayers are still with his family. But it was a great opportunity to see that working live. And it was amazing, the technology that they had to build the homes that they're building. So we're going to continue this conversation with Dr. Jackson talking about printing a 3D home. We'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. And we're doing and taking the advice of this young gentleman singing. We are not talking to strangers. We are talking to Dr. Roderick Jackson, who has become our resident expert on all things related to technology and energy and housing now. Um, and I didn't know this about Dr. Jackson, but that he had built, has builders in his family. And, you know, it's amazing because I think that even though he's not doing exactly what maybe his brothers are doing, He's still researching and designing and creating, which is exactly what they're doing, just in a different industry, right? Um, so, Dr. Jackson, I, get, I guess you guys have some interesting topics of discussion around the Thanksgiving uh, dinner table, huh? Yeah, it's my, you know, my dad and his 10 brothers, they all build houses, so a lot of my cousins still build, and I grew up in the, in the building industry, so it's really, you know, it, it, I never would have thought that, you know, as a, as a child, you know, four or five years old on the job site that I would one day be in a position working at National Lab, you know, bringing together the, the force of the, some of the nations or some of the world's smartest people to mm. really look at how we innovate in the building space. So it's really a very humbling and, 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 and awesome experience. As the project lead, I guess, the group leader, I mean, you have to really be able to mesh multiple, not just kind of personalities but also maybe even different languages and I don't mean English and Spanish or English and German I mean different languages from just a you know a terminology standpoint how did you merge those two inside of Amy's project uh, I you know it was that I, I would say that was probably you know it's a, a great question that was probably one of the most unique challenges that we had it was very um but one of the things that helped overcome some of those challenges was the fact that we were doing something so big that we all felt it was so big that we we were able to work through some of the issues that maybe in, in a different world, different space, we probably would have uh, allowed our own personal interest to, to rule mm. the day. But because wow. we felt that this is so big, right, when you say we're going to 3D print a building, we're going to 3D print a car, the car is going to be able to share power with the with the vehicle, I mean with the with the building and vice versa, <clears throat> it gets people thinking on. And then you have batteries, secondary use batteries. It gets people thinking that wow, I'm a part of something big. So some of the the the, the things that actually deter collaborative relationships could be overcome when you do something that 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 innovative and big. Well, you mentioned batteries a moment ago, and I. Please understand, for those of you watching and listening, I don't know anything about um, electronic 
technology or um, you know the electric cars and, and things of that nature. But um, I know that the move going forward is obviously trying to um, reduce our dependence on oil. And that's one of the big reasons why there are so much, so there is so much interest in these type of technologies. Um, and the car has had its issues, you know, Tesla, and I hear Apple maybe getting into the market. And I, you know, I know that we all have these different manufacturers. And one of the big issues or problems, and I would imagine it would be for a, a 3D built home, but it may help because of the composite you can use. But um, is to get a battery that will get you far enough away so that it actually makes sense to purchase an electric car. Do you know what I'm speaking to? Yeah, I get it and totally. So one of the main, another reason we 3D printed is so we would have a, a flexible platform that we could try out new batteries as they're being developed, right? The, vi- the vehicle we have, you know, is, is built on a, you know, we're not constrained by what, different manufacturing providers. We built this so that we could try out different platforms to test. So uh, as these bat- batteries are getting better by the day, and mm-hmm. you look at, you know, Ford, I mean, GM, Ford, Nissan, BMW, all are coming out with more, and Tesla, as you mentioned, all coming out with g- batteries with greater range extensions. And so I think that's happening. That's one mm-hmm. of the, the benefits of the market is really pushing that. But one of the things that the question that we asked was, well, what if, if we continue on that path of our vehicles being able to provide electricity for our vehicle, you know, vehicles are actually idle for maybe, you know, 20-plus hours a day. Why couldn't the vehicles be used that next time you have a power outage? The next time it's Hurricane Sandy or Katrina or that ice storm Mm -hmm. comes and we're without power for weeks, why couldn't the vehicle be a part of the solution? Because, you know, now you're starting to, you know, look at, at that the possibility new possibilities of how we use and consume and store energy in our building so that's where we kind of took a step to say well let's look at it from a different perspective and see if that op- opens up new doors another thing uh, mark has a question but before he asks you um, another thing i was thinking about a great application for these three built homes is you know how they have the modular um, school buildings which you know for what they are being used for certainly great but what a great educational opportunity if a school could partner with an ORNL and say, okay, we're going to have this cross-collaboration educational experience for the students at this um, elementary school. We're going to print, 3D print them a modular building for their music department. And then while at the same time, we have the STEM lab utilizing the technology and understanding it and teaching it so that we can get these young minds you know, really thinking about what the future looks like. Is that a right. good idea? I, 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 so I'll, I'll take that and I'll, I'll spin it a little bit because mm-hmm. I think, you know, one of the challenges is <clears throat> we still have, a, you know, some ways to go and look on the what what is that right material because we, right. we chose the material of choice. So it, there's still some research, which on my, you know, uh, you know, speaking from a research standpoint, I would really love to get this next generation of, 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 of scientists and engineers to be passionate about how could I come up with the next material that could be low cost, that could be structural sound, structurally sound, that could be the solution we need so that this 3D printed building isn't just a one-off. It's something that everyone is doing. So, But it starts with getting the first set of students engaged and excited. So hopefully that's what we're doing. We're getting people to notice that, yeah, buildings are here, and it's not just um, somewhere you live. It's actually somewhere you innovate, right. you know, where everyone wants to go to Silicon Valley or, you know, that's the dream. But, well, maybe you want to go to 
the Tennessee Valley. The building department. Yeah, you want to go work in the buildings or the envelope space at Oak Ridge because they're doing some really innovative stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I had the question about, uh, Dr. Jackson, is if you had to put on your, your prediction, how far off from a commercial application is this project, this type of 3D printing, to where some homes can be 3D printed out there? Are we five years, 10 years, 15? What do you think? Three, the three words? I don't know. Uh, yeah, there you go. I don't know. And I think that's where the, the market is best. But, I, I, you know, I'll say I don't know, but then I'll say I think there are applications that we start with that are, can be applied today. Right, because in the envelope we used a um, exactly a low-cost vacuum insulated panel. So that's something that we're developing with a company in Albuquerque that can be used in the next couple years in some of their research. So that'll be within the next five years. As well as GE has a micro kitchen. It was the first micro kitchen they deployed. It was used in there. And then so that's one thing. And then second on the envelope, just a new way of looking at the envelope, where now you don't have multiple layers, but within the envelope you. Um, integrate multiple functions so the actual frame the structure is the envelope so now you don't have these multiple layers multiple trays come after each other you can actually rethink how we do our different um, layers in the envelope so that's another opportunity so these are things that maybe we do it with 3d printing or maybe we take the ideas that we put forth in Amy to be able to use it and then third how do we use energy in our buildings right maybe it's um, from a community perspective we start looking at solar and not just and, and look at solar and not just solar in our buildings, but how do we then use battery storage with the vehicles? Looking at these different options, we all know about managing risk in our financial um, endeavors in our in our stocks. So you want to manage risk by getting a diverse portfolio. Why don't we think about energy in the same way? We want to manage our our vulnerability to energy disruptions by getting a diverse portfolio of how we use it, particularly in our buildings. So that's some of the things that you know may not be as in-your-face, per se, as we 3D printed the world's largest 3D printed building, but are part of this project that we hope to be able to see in the next five years. Well, that's a good point. And, you know, I go to a story that I'm not going to tell the story, but it goes back to something that I've heard Inky Johnson say, and also Derek Dooley, unfortunately, but it's that bamboo approach. You know, you water bamboo, you water bamboo, you water bamboo, and you think, well, this thing is, there's nothing happening here. But you just got to keep watering it, and you got to stay persistent, and you got to consistently do it, and you got to have other people helping you water it. And then all of a sudden, one day, it grows out of control, and it can grow 90 feet in 30 days. And so you have to do the footwork on the front end and then get prepared for the huge growth on the back end. That's what y'all are doing. Right. Somebody had to show that you can, um, you can 3D print a building. You, someone had to show that the way we've done it for centuries isn't the way we have to do it for centuries forward. So, oh, someone absolutely. had to do that. Right. And now that someone, you know, we were fortunate to be able to do that. And now we get people to think, well, what, what if, you know, the whole point of the project, a lot of things is, you know, I boil it down to two words. What if? Well, right? that's awesome. That's better than the three words, but yeah. it, the two words are important as well. Right. It's what if. And that's, you know, what if we didn't use the same materials? What if we didn't have to rely on, um, you know, when the power systems went down, we were not without power for weeks. I like to give this picture and presentation I give where Henry Ford and Thomas Edison used to go on summer vacation. What if they were around today? You know, they were thinking, how do we, you know, bring our buildings and vehicles together? What if? How, how would that look? So it's all about, you know, the what if.
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and just passion with us. And unfortunately, amazingly, we've come to the end of our show. Uh, We have one segment left that Mark and I are going to wrap it up with. But Dr. Jackson, it's been an absolute pleasure on behalf of Mark and our team here. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity, as always. Absolutely. We'll be right back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into The Housing Hour. We have two tickets to paradise right here on The Housing Hour right now. And we are so excited and thankful for the opportunity to join you and join with you. And we hope that you've enjoyed the show with Dr. Jackson, um, wonderful individual. And for those of you who tuned in through Facebook, I do want to let you know that we'll have this out to you soon with Dr. Jackson's um, live uh, audio so that you can hear that. And we certainly appreciate your uh, tuning in. Um, But Mark, I tell you, the 3D um, home, printed home. So if you go to most any uh, I guess technology uh, field right now, 3D printing is becoming more and more important. And for instance, Easton Lotpachel that we had, uh, if you recall, at the um, Bobby Denton Charity Classic, who was talking about the 3D printed arm that took the price from $130,000 for the arm that did not expand with the young child. It was very bulky and heavy. And then he did this 3D printed arm that cost $150 and you could print as many as you wanted. And not only was it better, lighter, faster, stronger, but it also was intuitive and you could open your hand with the, with the Bluetooth technology. This is a young child that, or young man, Easton La Pachelle. And then so the application is enormous. Now, now, granted, the people who are paying and building the $100,000 arm probably aren't too thrilled that their profit margins just got eliminated, but hopefully they don't think that way. They can think about quality and quantity. Um, but now with the 3D printed home, Dr. Jackson is talking about printing a car. Are you kidding me? It's going to be lighter, maybe stronger, be more energy efficient. The home. I mean, this is crazy that this is not spreading like wildfire. Well, I think uh, with technology, there's always answers in the future that's going to really be able to. I mean, that's what the NASA program in, in the right. Apollo. We right. we discovered so much just by doing it. We don't know that we can do it, but we just do it. Right. And I think what is really encouraging to me is the fact that when I asked a question, he says, I don't know. The mm. three words, I don't know. But he also followed up by saying, and I wrote this down, becomes an opportunity for discovery. Right. That I don't know keep, makes an opportunity for discovery. And that's so important that we, we take that. We don't have all the answers, but that's what they push forward to it. And that's the whole point of the, the, um, the research piece of this. And they may end up to the dead end, but I don't think so. I think this is going to be the future. I mm-hmm. think the big question to me is the materials. How do you, how do you have all the million different types of materials that go into a home? How do you just print that yeah but i bet you they come up with an answer soon absolutely and if you're watching our post-productive video you're seeing pictures as we've been talking of this this home that was built and we'll also for those of you listening to the live broadcast 
on uh, 620 or 760, um, please go right now and take a look on our website because the structure is um, is really cool looking. And there's and like you mentioned, this was just how they had to start somewhere. And you mentioned the materials. The materials are they're a huge part of this because you have to build it so that it can be a weathered and not have um, the deterioration of weather. Right. And there's there's many different factors. Obviously, you don't want to be able to somebody to be able to pick it up and carry it away so light. I mean, I'm kidding, but you have to have or um, drive it off. Absolutely, but it also has to withstand wind. I mean, there's way more um, things to think about than than just it being a 3D printed home. And when we were up at Clayton at the manufacturing mm-hmm. plant, I mean, there was a ton of of people that were working on each aspect of modularly the, the modular home right and so if they can partner with people like that man they're going to go a long way and that's what 3d printing does it prints it in sections and then right. you construct it on that's site right. and it makes it a more efficient and that's what clayton was doing in their uh, factory that's which right. is fascinating and we're me. looking also to maybe have a 3d printed host so that you know what i don't even have to be here and we'll i videotape can... <laughs> it for sure um so that's right i'm actually, thinking about a co-host too actually printed. that's not too far off either that's really not well, we're running out of time in this show, so we want to thank everyone for stopping into the housing hour today. And we're so grateful for Dr. Jackson to spend time with us. We know he's on his way to Denver with his with his project. So we're so thankful for the opportunity for you coming in and listening to our show. Um, please feel free to go to thehousinghour.com and share the show with friends and family. See you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.